we play video games quite a bit. Shout out to Apex Legends, Xbox Live. <laughs> Hit me up, Ev- X Evan X Edge X. I made it when I was fifteen. X Evan X Edge, edge X. X. Straight edge as fuck. Still twelve years. <laughs> You ready to go? Sure. Let's cool. Do it. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in. This is the Scoped Exposure Podcast. I'm super excited to be sitting down with N- the Nova Scotian of Calgary Hardcore, <laughs> Evan. How about you uh, say hey to the people What's up, at home? Everybody, it's Evan here. It's hanging. Yeah. And um, just to kind of give an intro, um, so Evan is, um, I'm sure a lot of the people who are either listening uh, know you. But uh, for those who might not know who you are, can you just kind of give an intro of how, I guess, people would know you best in Calgary? Oh, man. Okay. Because you're not essentially affiliated with a specific band at the moment. No, no. I haven't. No bands in Calgary yet. Um, been working on that for a bit. But, uh, yeah, I guess people would know me as the guy that moved here from Ottawa. Um, yeah, I moved here in 2015, May Long Weekend. Uh I previously had a stint out here before where I lived in uh, Edmonton for six months in 2013, I want to say. I was 19, turning 20 at the time. Uh, Basically, I was living in Ottawa and uh, super involved in the Ottawa hardcore scene. I played in a bunch of bands out there, like basically uh, was like, you know, like one of the key members of that scene for, for a few years. I moved there in 2009, but... Yeah, basically, I moved to Calgary in 2015 after a stint living in, in Edmonton in, in 2013. I, I moved out here to work on the oil rigs and kind of save up enough money to uh, go to firefighting school down in Texas. So I ended up out in Edmonton and, uh, you know, I was 19, 20 at the time, super involved in the Ottawa scene. And, and when I moved to Edmonton, I was basically like straight onto the Edmonton Hardcore uh, Facebook group. And I was just like, hey, everybody, like, my name's Evan. Like, I'm from Ottawa. Yeah, you, um, were, you were eager to hit the ground. Oh, yeah, it. of course, because, like, I, w- I worked a construction job at first, like, six days a week, 13-hour days. Like, I had no time to myself. I had no friends. I worked with a bunch of – am I allowed to swear? Yeah. I worked right. with a bunch of fucking assholes <laughs> and just, like, cokeheads and stuff, and I, and I hated every second of it. So I wanted to hang out with people on my day off that were kind of – you know, like-minded. Had some, yeah, like-minded, had similar viewpoints as me, and, and uh, yeah, I posted on this Edmonton Hardcore page basically being like, uh, you know, does anybody want to hang out with me? I just moved here from Ottawa, like I play in these bands in Ottawa, and, uh, you know, if everyone wants to hang out, let's 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 meet up, because I'm new around here. If someone did that in Ottawa, on the Ottawa Hardcore page, at that time, you would have had like 30 people messaging him, like, or her being like what's up like come on over like all the shit and uh, not a single person messaged me and I was like damn like uh, at the time I could say like Edmonton sucks (laughs) but uh, um, no Evan Shaw was the first guy to to reach out to me he's like hey man like you know I I live in Calgary like this isn't obviously this is in Edmonton but like there's a show at the Skate Shack in like two weeks I think uh, Withdrawal Burn Your World played Uh, I can't remember the openers but there's one of the ones that the Jay and Braden played. I can't, can't remember the name of that one. It's one of the big Calgary ones. But, right. Um, so so I, I just want to pull it back a little bit because there's a lot to unpack there. And yeah, that, that so story um, you shared um, 
when you were filling in on vocals for inclination, which I, I do want to get to, um, (laughs) because I feel like there's some behind the scenes there, but let's like pull it all the way back to when you were growing up to know in Nova Scotia, because that's on an opposite side of the world from here. So so this is, this gets people kind of confused because everyone goes, Oh, Evan's from Nova Scotia. Evan's from Ottawa. Oh, Mm -hmm. but he lives in Calgary. So yeah, I've lived all over. Um, so you grew up in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm from a little town called, uh, Antigonish, Nova Scotia population 4,000. Wow. I grew up super small. Yeah. And I grew up like 15 kilometers outside of it. I was a County kid, like, right. I, like rural, like super rural, like country life. I did like my closest neighbor was, you know, half a kilometer away. Like right. we grew up by the ocean, super, super East coast. But, uh, okay. So yeah, when I was, when I was nine years old, um, my mom basically was like, you know, like Nova Scotia, not a lot of people out here in Western Canada get it, but like the Eastern part of Canada is like ultra poor. And like, it doesn't seem that bad because like the cost of living isn't as bad out there, but like people don't make money. Like right. it's, it's pretty tough, which is why you see so many Maritimers out here working in the oil patches and stuff in Alberta. Um, basically my mom was like, you know what? Like I want to take a crack at the American dream. We're going to, we're going to move to the States. I'm going to like, she was a, like a laser hair removalist. So she had her own oh, own okay. business. And this is like 2001, 2002. So at the time she was like really ahead of the curve and actually like doing really well with it. But there's only so much you can do with that in a small town in Eastern Canada. So, um, we ended up moving to Massachusetts, uh, moved to a place called Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's basically an hour and 20 minutes south of Boston. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that must have been just like across the border. So it wasn't like yeah, a so huge like, continental move or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's relatively close. And I think why she ultimately picked Cape Cod is like when she was young, she had vacation down there a few times with her family. So she was familiar. She was, yeah. yeah. So like the flight from Boston to Halifax is like 40 minutes. So if you look at it geographically, you kind of just like hook the ocean. But um the drive, you have to like loop up through New Brunswick oh, and come yeah. in. So the drive, <laughs> the drive's like 12 hours, but the flight's like 40 minutes. Wow. Like it's, it's super no short. Yeah. But yeah, we moved there in uh, 2002. My mom got uh, an eight year working visa um, because she owned a company. And uh, yeah, I was, I was nine years old when we moved to America. And uh, basically, getting into hardcore was like a funny thing because like I absolutely got into hardcore and I lived in America and, and at the time like the early 2000s mid 2000s um Massachusetts like the northeast is like a hotbed like for sure you name any band from that area people know them like the local bands from that area that I like got me into hardcore some of the you know biggest bands in the world but like backtracking a bit like I got into bands like Nirvana was like a big one for me I, I liked you know, like a lot of those like early NHL games, like they had like some of the hard rock music on yeah. it. Like even like the early Tony Hawk games, I think like a lot of people can kind of like in, um, yeah. Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 3, all NHL that hits, shit, 2003, man. those Dead are Kennedys are on those, like all those, yeah. like all the punk bands and stuff, like Good Riddance and, 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 you know, like, you know, like Black Flag and all that. And um, I ended up like kind of getting into like bands like Nirvana and kind of grungier stuff myself. And then that kind of slowly transition into heavier music because at the time like my mom had this uh like it was like on demand i don't know if you ever it's like it's like an american thing i think okay. but basically it's like there might be a couple americans who are listening so they might know yeah it's it's kind of like anything out here where you can like watch music videos but this is like 2005 maybe right. at the time and so revolutionary at the time oh man like, what, what, it, what it was was like my brother and i like um shout out to my brother andrew uh he's four years younger than me so at the time he would have been like 
eight years old, I was like 12. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're searching like through the music video section and just like mom's gone grocery shopping and we're just fucking around in the living room with our hockey sticks and like two Canadian kids. <laughs> and uh, you'll never take that away from me. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this music video for a, a band called Slipknot came up. Right. And uh, do I think it was duality was the music video, I believe. Right. Yeah. Put it on. Never heard of this band before. I'm like 12 fucking years old. My brother's eight. Right. And uh, we got the hockey sticks, and we'd just been rocking out all afternoon. And uh, this this music video comes on, and we're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, just terrified. Like, there was nothing enjoyable about it, but we we sat there, and we just kind of, mem like, were memorized and, like, watched this whole video. Yeah. And by the end of it, we were like, holy fuck. Like, kind of scared, but also, like, let's watch it again. Yeah. And now we're, like, halfway through the song, like, air guitaring with the hockey sticks like jumping off the fucking couches and shit and I remember seeing my mom's like minivan pulling up into the driveway and it was just panic the hockey sticks go flying turn it off, turn it off. shutting it yeah. off like <laughs> get the exit like TVs off we're running out like the house because you know our mom was like super not into that kind of music and right. uh, you know like a mom's mom loves loves you too loves Coldplay that kind of stuff and, yeah um then the next time she left, we put it on again, and then there was bands like Corn and Slipknot, and then we got into like Limb Biscuit, and I remember owning like the first Linkin Park CDs and stuff, and those were all like super heavy bands at the time for being like a young kid, right? Yeah. And those were kind of some of the bands that kind of got my foot into the door to like heavier music, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like we're from Nova Scotia, and like my mom's like super proud, like Scottish heritage, and I don't, yeah, we would have been about like twelve or thirteen, and. Uh, my mom was like, you know what, boys, like, we're going to preserve, like, the culture, like, you're going to take bagpipe lessons, right? So, you, you know how to play bagpipes? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say oh, I know how to play the bagpipes. Seven, wow, that's so we, crazy. We did it for about six months. We, we like, did the chanter lessons on the bagpipes, and my little sister, uh, shut up, Brielle, um, <laughs> was on the harp, and uh, basically... My brother and I are, like, listening to Nirvana and Linkin Park. We're like, this, this is stupid, like... In hindsight, it would have been cool to say, like, I, I know how to play the bagpipes. I don't know how to play the bagpipes. <laughs> hey, some people hate it. I love that instrument. But, I love that, yeah. Um, yeah, basically, my brother and I were like, this is stupid, like, whatever. My sister actually stuck with the harp, still plays to this day, an amazing harpist, um, such a cool instrument. But my brother ended up getting into the drums, and I got a bass guitar the next Christmas. Mm. And that kind of, yeah, shot it forward a bit. And Yeah, because you guys were the duo to kind of jam together and just yeah make we noise. were but like at the time like I'm in middle school right I'm in grade eight I think at the time or grade seven grade eight and my brother's like four years younger than me and that's like quite a quite a huge age gap like at that at that um at that age so sure I ended up like meeting some kids in school and uh you know at the time I was wearing like skate shoes like the same fucking uh, I had like this zip up like Volcom hoodie I, I wore every day but it was black and that was cool and that's right. all I gave it I got my ear pierced I had a little skull <laughs> my hair had the big swoop I looked like I looked the part yeah um I ended up meeting these, this kid his name was Mario Gonzalez and uh Philippe DeWart uh shout out to the boys I don't know if they're watching this they Mario Gonzalez sounds like a a movie character so like where I grew up like there was two huge ethnic populations uh if you weren't just like you know like a normal Caucasian guy oh, oh you were Irish like the, there was a massive right. massive Irish population the second largest was Brazilian we had a massive Brazilian population when I lived and Mario and Philippe were both like parents like fresh off the boat like from Brazil yeah and uh like 
anytime you go over, it was just chaos, like people just screaming in Portuguese, and I loved it, and I ended yeah. up becoming best friends with these guys, and they were both like kind of rocker dudes, right? And especially like Philippe and I were like neighbors, so we were like best friends at the time, but Mario, uh, he was like a little bit like more cool, right? And he came from a different school and when, when the middle schools merged and he had this, this this black hoodie and I thought it was so like, it had like this like this hatchet on it and the hatchet had like blood on it. And uh, I was like, wow, like what is that? And he's like, oh, it's a band. And I go up to read it and it, it, the band was called As They Lay Dying. And I was like, I was like, dude, you gotta like, what is this? And he put it on and I thought Slipknot was like the, the fucking heaviest band in the world. And he gave, showed me this like kind of introduction into metalcore and it just like blew my mind right. and like, that was overnight for me. I got into like all those like big metalcore bands at the time, like you know, like As They Lay Dying and like Darkest Hour and fucking Bring Me the Horizon, like whatever. Like I, I had a really big like metalcore fa phase, like ages like 14 through 15. But like we kind of started a band and like it went from like a like a like a middle school rock band quickly into like a pretty heavy like metalcore band. Sure. And that was like my first like real band. We were called His Name Shall Fall. You can look that up on YouTube. Like I'm like 15 <laughs> playing at the Worcester Palladium. Oh, just, I can't like, wait to watch this. Just like that. losing my mind, like playing in front of like a thousand people. It was, it was a, that was like <laughs> a our biggest show. A thousand people? Yeah, we, we played this thing uh, at this, uh, this big venue. Um, so Massachusetts is kind of like a hub for, for heavy music, but uh, there's a city called Worcester. So like everybody like knows Boston and stuff, but Worcester's like the other, the second largest city in, in Massachusetts. And it has like at the time was like the biggest venue for mm -hmm. all the big metalcore, big hardcore shows. And if you've ever seen the Hate Breed I Will Be Heard music video, it's shot at the Worcester Palladium. So it's like a massive like 3,000 cap venue, like it's huge. And uh, they did this thing called like the, uh, I can't remember, but it was like something like exposure like show or something. So they, they took 40 bands from around New England and you were like hand selected and then like you know in hindsight like it's kind of stupid but they had all these bands basically sell like 25 tickets each or something right so now there's like a ton of people pay to play pay to play like, exactly we were like 15 we didn't give a shit like we could we could haul up a few friends to come up and see us play sure and we ended up like they like rank you and stuff like that and the top three bands get like money recording time or something like that and i think we came in fourth out of like the 40 bands playing oh, and like wow. we had a really good reaction like people loved it and at the time we felt like rock stars but um, the metalcore thing kind of fizzled out for me because I ended up like meeting um, hardcore kids when I was like 15 and uh, at the time I had been through some like pretty rough stuff like uh, like my dad kind of like exited the picture due to like alcoholism I had lost like a really good friend of mine I was playing hockey at the time um, god I would have been 14 and uh, I had a friend that was killed by a drunk driver and uh, basically like left on the you know road like side of the road to die I was supposed to be there like Jeez. yeah it was like a whole thing and then like the next year my dad leaves and I found out like my, my dad's like a, a massive like closeted like alcoholics and so like I ended up meeting these kids that like were straight edge and I was like whoa like at the time like like a lot of people talk shit about straight edge and like oh like you know the straight edge kids are assholes or whatever but like ended up like hearing some of their stories and I was like damn like we're not that different like right there's other people that feel the same way as I do. Like at the time too, like getting into high school, like it was just so common to drink and like party and like, especially like where I grew up, like everybody, yeah, everybody did it. And now there's a massive heroin problem there, like huge. Like there's like documentaries about this, like on Crave TV and stuff. Heroin, USA, Cape Cod, like that's like where I grew up. And yeah, wow. um, and that's like uh, so rough. Yeah, and it's especially with that like music genre as well it's like 
you know, it's normal yeah, to go to the show smashed and then play smashed and, right? and all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, and, and that was kind of normal in, like, the metal scene, and, and I kind of was never really about it. I, I did drink, and I did smoke a little bit, like, before I was about 15, and then and then I ended up, like, bumping into some straight-edge kids, and they were like, hey, like, we're going up to a show in Boston, and all these kids are, like, 19, 20, like, they're all, like, super tattooed. I'd seen them at, like, local shows before, and, like, they just, like, beat the shit out of everybody, and I was like, whoa, like, these kids are scary. They mosh super hard, like... I'm just like this kid with braces, like side swoop hair, basically a scene kid, like no idea what's going on. And uh, they invited me up to the show, and I think it was either Boston or Worcester. And uh, a big thing at the time too, in the, like the mid to late like late 2000s in that area, is the bills were like huge. There was like there would always be like a thousand people there because it was just people from like all over these different towns across New England coming to the big show in like Worcester. And uh, the bands playing were like metalcore and hardcore. So you'd have like these like massive, like you'd be like the Acacia Strain playing with like Half Heart and Shipwreck and like Since the Flood and like, I don't know, like Despised Icon. So like, wow. like, so like massive crowds of people, but also like metalcore kids, hardcore kids, yeah. whatever. And I remember very clearly this show was like on a Wednesday night. And I was like, guys, like it's like an hour and a half drive. I was like, I can't. My mom's not gonna let me mm-hmm. and I, I was like fuck it. I'll ask like go up to my mom I'm like mom like there's a there's a there's a show like tonight like or tomorrow night I think I asked her in advance and I was yeah. like do you mind if I go up? You with, weren't like, that reckless. Yeah, like you I was like a, now. I'm like a well-behaved kid, right? And like I'm right. 15 at the time and all these kids are like 20 and stuff and it's like a Wednesday night And I was like can I can I go to the show like with with like the guys and she's like absolutely fucking not It's a school night do your homework all this shit. And I was yeah. like Okay, so the next day comes and the boys are like, "You coming or what?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm coming." So I was like, "Mom, I'm going over to Philippe's house. I'll be back at like ten o'clock tonight. Don't stay up." She stayed up, so I go. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So I go. I go up to Worcester with these guys, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I come like I'm the oldest in my family, and uh, as a kid growing up in Nova Scotia, like I remember very clearly like being like bullied like. A ton. I wasn't like the biggest kid. Like I used to get my and like I'm not talking like bully bully. Like I mean I used to get like the shit kicked out of me like in school in elementary school in Antigonish and like like loogies hocked in my face like smashed into like the playground fence. Like I'm like seriously like got beat up a lot and like didn't have anybody older because I was always like helping out my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, went to the show in Worcester with all these scary tattooed straight edge kids whom I thought were like the coolest fucking kids in the world. They're all like five years older than me. Mm-hmm. Opening band, <coughs> sorry, opening oh, yeah. band comes on, right? And like, I think like, yeah, like the Acacia Strain, like Bring Me the Horizon was like headlining, but then there was like Shipwreck and like Since the Flood. So like, these are like some big like bands from that area. And the opening band comes on, it is a massive horseshoe. There's like probably already a few hundred people there, huge show. Nobody's moshing. But I'm with like the scariest kids in the neighborhood, right? And I'm like, fuck it, I gotta prove myself, right? So I just start like, you gotta understand, like this room is huge, and I'm like moshing by myself basically, and um, you had to swing your arm like the opening band. Times to get oh across. man, you could yeah. take like 20 steps and still not hit the other side of like the <laughs> the pit or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like swinging like a madman. I'm trying to prove myself to these older guys, and out of nowhere, this dude um, comes flying up behind me and just like decks me, and I'm like face plant like oh, no. hard. I didn't like some push musher dude. Like I didn't see him coming. And I'm just like doing my thing, and this dude just like boosts me right from behind. I like face plant into the fucking ground, and uh, 
I turn around and I'm literally not even on one foot yet. And one of the guys I'm with knocks this dude out like that, Ugh. out cold. And I'm like, holy shit. Cause like this dude just like flashbacks almost to like when I was a kid, right? And this dude just knocks him out, like not even a question. Didn't even know me. I don't even think he knew my last name. Like Adam Pont, shout out. <laughs> uh, dude knocks him out just like that. And he, the, all my friends were like boys with the security guards too. So like in, in any other city, like maybe he would have got kicked out. But the guy that actually like decked me got kicked out. And I was oh. like, holy shit. Like for the first time in my life, someone had kind of stood up for me. Mm. And it was all these kids I already thought who were like cool as fuck, right? Yeah. And it just like that i was hooked immediately yeah hmm. so that like camaraderie in a way like oh man like you know having each other's backs it didn't matter that i was like the young kid in the group because like now in calgary like i'm one of the older kids but like i think like at the time it was just perfect timing i was going through a lot i had just like you know like basically lost a dad lost some friends like it was a rough time in my life and then mm -hmm. and then to, to get into the straight edge thing and be like damn like there's other people that do this that are like my age that like don't care about the drinking and the drugs and all that and I was like this is awesome like Boston straight edge Cape Cod straight edge like at the time was you know pretty big well Boston was massive and uh you know Adam stood up for me and I stuck around the rest of the night and like that show got out man shows at that time too like where I grew up going like you got these crews from all over the place coming to shows so like at these big ones like there'd be like 10 fights a night like it was crazy just brawls mm. left and right like it was just normal and I was almost like attracted to the violence in a sense and I just loved it like in hindsight like looking back like 10 you know 10 years later 12 years later um you don't see that often you don't see like if a fight happens at a show it's like whoa there was a fight but like right. going to shows in Boston like it was just a fucking normal thing like every weekend we go to a show and it was just a massive like brawls after brawls and it was just normal like hmm. and uh i kind of liked it <laughs> in hindsight you don't need to fight over that but it was just the the time the timing in the mid to late 2000s and anyway uh show gets out in worcester it's like fucking 11 30 i'm the young guy in the car and i'm like my mom's freaking out it's probably it's you know i said i'd be home at 10 it's 11 30 we're an hour and a half away yeah and one of the guys goes so everybody want to go to Denny's? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not going to be like, oh, guys, I got to go home. Yeah. So we go to Denny's. I end up getting home at like 2 in the morning. Sure enough, I walk in the front door, lights on. Mom's sitting there with the fucking newspaper, like glasses at the edge of her nose. Just yeah. like looks up and she just goes, did you go to the city? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, you're grounded for two months. And I was just like, holy fuck. I was on like house arrest for like two months, but it was absolutely <laughs> worth, worth yeah. it. Changed my life, got me into straight edge, got me into hardcore, and I pretty much after that I, I ended up going to like every show, yeah, ever with these guys. And so that's something I want to kind of touch on because I know that you have said, um, and sometimes we're like hardcore and straight edge are like very connected. Absolutely. And I think like I kind of wanted to bounce something off of you because for me, like I grew up in a household that was like, you know, didn't like. Um, like it was a religious household so mm -hmm. like my folks were okay with drinking but like when you're of age to do so right and um for me when i was growing up like my mom like she had uh, a dad who was an alcoholic mm -hmm. and like beat her beat mm -hmm. his wife or my grand ra my grandma mm -hmm. and uh so that like kind of turned me off to to drinking and yeah. and i guess like for me like i didn't want to necessarily like 
plant a flag in the ground and be like, I'm straight edge. But it was almost easier to tell people I was straight edge versus like, yeah, I just don't drink because that was yeah. almost weirder. So I guess like I find it interesting that straight edge is like this thing. And, you know, obviously I'm not trying to be like, you need to speak for all of straight edge. Oh, God. Or whatever. Hello. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> um, but I'm just kind of curious. Like it is that um, there is a weird mentality where it's like you either – don't drink or don't have any substance um uh crutches if you will yeah or you are an animal and drink every weekend and for me like i'm like i do drink but i lean far more to like the straight edge side of things like it's in in the gray area so i think i think with the straight edge too for me it was more of like it was a time period and just the timing like i said was impeccable um like I said, like my dad was out of the picture. I had lost a good friend. And this is all like in a 14 month period. And I got into hardcore all at the same time. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, getting more knowledgeable and like learning about straight edge bands. And, and then I meet straight edge kids. And I was like, damn, like, I guess this is one after another. And I remember one of the guys, like when I first claimed straight edge, like one of the older guys was like, you're never gonna fucking like stay straight edge because like I went from like drinking every other weekend like I was like 14, 15 like partying like high school parties, middle school parties. At the time, kids were like super early into that where I grew up. Like what like I was smoking cigarettes at like 14 and like and drinking every other weekend. It was normal there, but you know like someone's parents went out of town and we just like raided their liquor cabin. That like, that was that was it. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the guys is like, oh yeah, you're never gonna like you're never gonna still be straight edge and like that kid is not straight edge anymore. And it's like. It's not like I stuck with it to be like, oh, like I told you, like I told you so. But I think now, too, you're seeing a lot, um, maybe like a lot less straight edge kids and like a lot more people like like yourself that are like a lot more moderate. But at the time, it wasn't moderate where I grew up. It was like one or the other. Right. And because I had such negative experiences with the other side, it was the other for me. Right. And uh, like even now, like I know lots of people that aren't straight edge anymore. And it's not like I hold, you know, like grudges against those people like whatsoever like you do you at the end of the day it's like it's a it's a personal choice right, right. My, my brother was straight edge for like five or six years mm-hmm. he broke edge i remember he was like super bummed to tell me about it. he's like yeah, like smoked weed and i'm like yeah it's all good like i don't care man because at the end of the day it is a personal choice and for me like i'm straight edge now 12 years like mm-hmm. what the fuck like i'm getting old now yeah. and and you're probably like so deep into that where you're like well like what's the point for me to I remember too like being like 16 17 like the first year or two that I was straight edge being like people being like oh there's a party this weekend and I was like ah maybe you know like I like there it had crossed my mind a couple times for sure but the older I got the more it just became second nature and like I just stuck right. with it and I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that and the older I get the more I see it too like you see kids that are like straight edge like right off the bat and they're like I'm fucking straight edge like fuck you like and I I wasn't much different and like but you know I don't I don't judge at all like if if someone if someone drinks socially and like my girlfriend I love you (laughs) 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 at least my girlfriend's a perfect example you know drink socially grew up in a family like a European family where they drank wine at the dinner table and stuff like that and then you know she's not a fucking alcoholic she doesn't struggle with anything and a lot of people don't but a lot of people do and then like like you said you came from the line and man, my line of family everybody it wasn't just my dad like right. every uncle every grandfather down the line the writing was on the fucking wall for me yeah and i just i just didn't i said fuck that like i'll, I'll remove myself from this equation and uh 
and I think it's maybe just a self awareness thing where like I I've, yeah. I've heard it from people where they've like chosen to be, to be straight edge because they know if they have one drink it's like game over for that yeah night. some people just or they can't have liquor in their house because it will be gone it's it's one or the other right like it's such an extreme thing and i don't think it has to be like i'm not saying like every young kid that you know comes from a family of like alcoholics or like you've had a friend that's been killed or od'd or whatever it's mm-hmm. um i'm not saying you have to be straight edge. like i just think there's a lot like at that age you know late teens and stuff people are like a less strong-willed I think and, yeah. and for some people it is a little m- more difficult to say no or mm-hmm. to say like that you know I've had two I'm feeling good yeah that's enough for me at that age it's like blackout or nothing mm-hmm. and for me I just said I'm good you yeah know? <laughs> yeah it, it kind of boils down to that I think there was like a point where I was like well if I'm not straight edge can I still wear like you know like a straight edge shirt because yeah. then or like a, a vegan straight edge shirt but then I think it still just opens up that conversation and you're like, oh, are you vegan or are you straight edge or are you vegan straight edge or whatever? Yeah, I don't, And then I don't it's like, oh, no. Some and people, then you can have that hopefully positive conversation versus fuck, like, man. fuck you and rip the shirt I remember at the time too, like we would go to shows and like you'd see straight edge kids like quite literally like knocking beers out of guys' hands and stuff and right. all that. And at the time I thought it was fucking sick. And uh, <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, it's a little annoying, but... Uh, Fuck, man, like, at the time, too, like, growing up in the Boston area, uh, like, Hardline Edge was a thing. You ever heard of that stuff? No, I don't. So Hardline's basically, like, no drugs. Fucking zero. No caffeine. No, no. Right. No Tylenol. Because that's that always, stuff. like, okay, what does each X actually represent? Where where do we draw the line? Right. Oh, yeah, and then the X is, like, abstaining from sex. And I think that that was an interesting. No promiscuous sex. No promiscuous sex yeah. was a funny one because. That was, sorry to cut you off, but that was a, um, I have to shout out, there's a band from back home in Winnipeg, and they had a, a, a crowd chant part in a song that was like, no, promiscuous sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I totally forget the band, but if someone knows, drop it below. I think where that came from, I'm not a straight edge philosopher, don't. Don't take me right. too seriously on this, but I think at the time, mid to late 2000s hardcore had a massive surgence of Christian hardcore bands. Mm. People that are diehard Christian, especially like in America, in the Midwest and all that. And I had friends, like I knew people from that area that um, were super Christian growing up and they, they, they lost their virginity when they decided they weren't super Christian anymore. Yeah, And you know, being a metalcore kid or a hardcore kid listening to I don't know, bands like Advent or Seventh Star. I mean, those bands are fucking awesome. Yeah. Seventh Star was sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> got to see Advent last year. I never got to see any of them. I wonder what that would have been like in, in modern. It was, uh, I think, I forget what their vocalist name is, but he's like, oh, I, I stretched my leg out because I was putting down like soil in my garden. So Fucking right. Midwest. <laughs> like, yeah, you're very daddy. It's I just think at the time for a lot of kids that were Christian and then maybe got into straight edge, whether they thought it was just, they were like, oh shit, like now I don't have to feel the pressure because like I'm a Christian kid and I shouldn't be doing this anyway. Right. But also we shouldn't be having sex. Right. And so every like kid that wasn't also, it was super, like slowly, imp- I think it was implanted. just like involved with like more of a religious side effect mm, than yeah. just like, and it makes total sense. Right. Yeah. Cause I knew a lot of Christian kids at the time. I, I have, you know, I, I come from a Christian household and uh, even even when I moved to Ottawa, some of my best friends were, were all super Christian. And I always kind of stayed away from the religious talks. I just, you know, because um, we were always kind of like everybody in my f- group of friends were always like kind of on the same page when it comes to like politics and stuff. Sure. If you're American, 
Side note, just fucking go vote for Bernie Sanders. If not, yeah, do that. <clears throat> we I'm won't get even, into that. Yeah, fuck you guys are frustrating to watch from from afar. Yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, <laughs> I, have, I but I have so many friends that were Christian growing up, and it came up one time, you know, like I had I had one of my friends truly say this to my face, like one of my best friends, being like, "Oh well, if you're not Christian." You know, like we can be friends, but like I, at the end of the day, like I think you're gonna go to hell. And like, you kind of have to take a step back and take that for granted. If someone like that isn't like the most religious person in the world, but like, damn, that's such a a bummer. You yeah. know, if you like your best friend truly believed that or something like that, you have to be like, damn, like, are you really? sure? That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. that's it. Just because of that one little thing. Yeah. It's not even if you were like a fellow Christian, but like say you had a Jewish friend or like whatever. Like religion yeah. is such a crazy thing, and um, so I never, I never got into religious talks with people because like I, I didn't want to have that. You didn't want to have that as a wall between never just having a friendship, and, and, and it didn't matter to me if you were you know Jewish or whatever. It's like it didn't just stay away from that conversation because right. like why ruin a good friendship over something if you know? And now all these people aren't super religious anymore, and they're just like man, like. I was young. I was yeah. kind of a dickhead, like whatever. I was a, a holier than thou mindset. Yeah, so I think that's where the the hardline, promiscuous, no yeah. promiscuous sex kind of took took a turn from the religious side of stuff and the kids that got in straight yeah. that were super religious, but yeah. not where I grew up. Everybody was like, "You guys are stupid. Fuck <laughs> off." Like, I drink well, coffee now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, I love coffee, and I feel like if love I was. It. If I could only be straight edge and not have coffee, I'd be like, oops, sorry. Yeah. X, non-X coffee, non-X. Well, basically, um, I was super fortunate to live in a place where, at the time, hardcore was probably the biggest in, in the Boston scene. Yeah. Have heart, shipwreck. God, man, like, local bands like Cruel Hand coming down from Portland. Like, oh, you ever heard of that band? Yeah, of course I have. Like, dude, the list goes on and on. Hammer Bros, like... Black My Heart was playing shows and then like even the big metalcore bands like were massive and and you know A lot of them still play to this day, but like I, I've made so many friends in America and 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 uh, there's such there's a lot of really good people down there, but hmm. um, So what was the transition from going from being in the States to Ottawa? Yeah, so I was 16 We had been there for seven years. So we moved there in 2002 in 2009 mm -hmm. Um Eight years, my mom got a working visa, so it would have been 2010, right? Oh, okay. 2009, yeah. uh, the American government contacted my mom and was like, hey, um, how you doing? Uh, basically, um, <laughs> Why you listen, me? listen, you've been here seven years. Next year, you either have to give up your Canadian citizenship and become American citizens, or you have to go back to Canada. Right. Uh, it's 2009, the housing market just collapsed in the United States, and we're at the forefront of it in, in a place, um, Cape Cod is a super tourist trap, so like if you go down any street in the winter, you got a house with some locals in it, vacant house, vacant house, vacant house, and these aren't vacant, they're just, you know, someone from New to York that has, no, just like summer houses for oh, people. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, someone from New York, someone from, you know, Northern LA. Vermont, fucking, a lot of New England people, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, just in the area of Connecticut, Rhode Island, people that had summer homes would come to Cape Cod. If you ever seen the Jaws movies, that's filmed in Cape Cod. That's it gives you a vibe. It's literally a fucking island, like beach. Yeah, it's what you do. Like people make you know eighty percent of their yearly income in like three months there, and uh, basically, um, 
housing market collapsed, people all of a sudden were scrambling to pay their mortgages and not going on vacation, and let alone getting their, you know, you know, back lazed or their upper lip lazed or something. So my mom's um, business ended up taking like a, a really sharp nosedive and uh, she sold the house, lost money on it. And uh, like that, what was that movie with, uh, that was about all that shit. Was it the, the Big Short? No. Yeah, The Big Short. Anyway, it's all about the, the housing market collapse. And that was actually super directly involved in our life. So 2009 housing market collapse we moved back to Canada. So mm -hmm. my mom went to college in Ottawa, had two of her best friends that, that grew up in that area. And, uh, you know, government, capital city of Canada, recession proof is the mindset here. Oh, I see. We moved to Ottawa. So it's like the safe bet. Safe bet. And she's going back to school. After just losing kind of... like all this like money and stuff in America, she didn't go back to school, but just like took that, took the friendship she had there. And like, we had a little bit of family there and Ottawa is a government city recession proof we're gonna go there that's where we're, we're holding up for the next few years mm -hmm. all good so we moved to ottawa when i was 16. i had already been straight edge for a little bit into hardcore and for the first time in my life i'm living in a city i'm living in a city so like yeah. where i grew up in the cape like it's not it's like villages and stuff like one town after another yeah and Anish is the smallest town ever so i moved to a big city and i don't know anybody like zero so at the time, I'm on myspace.com. I literally find the, the, like an Ottawa hardcore metal band or whatever. I can't even remember their name. And I go to the friends list and I just type in the letter X, okay? Oh, I'm looking for straight edge kids to hang out with in Ottawa. <laughs> and that was the thing, like straight edge people like- Used to do like you know, X, nowadays, Evan X. Yeah, but, and people were still doing that even in their, um, Instagram handles or for whatnot, sure I so. do it I throw an X in the middle but that's at, so at the funny. time I was like I want to make friends here that are like-minded let's let's look at the letter that's X so in the smart. Ottawa scene so I come across a guy named Joe Howell okay is this Joe X Howell? it was at the time it was uh X Brosif X <laughs> shout out Joey Howell fucking <laughs> uh one that's of the best sick. dudes from Ottawa um so you gotta understand, like when I when I was living in America, I had a good two years going to shows, mm -hmm. getting into straight edge. But when I moved to Ottawa, I was kind of becoming of age, in a city where the hardcore scene was at the time at a low, and uh, I ended up making a ton of friends like right away. So I ended up messaging messaging Joe Hal. We ended up hanging out and we had a jam the first day we ever hung out. He had a drum set, I had a bass. I wanted to sing in a hardcore band. He knew a guy that played bass, and I was like, well, then I'll just sing. Mm -hmm. That guy's name was Steve Nadeau, one of my other best friends. I'm going to go through the list here with some of the, yeah. some of the Ottawa kids. I hope they're all watching. Oh, they're fucking watching. Shout, yeah. out, shout out Pretty Boy Crew. <laughs> uh, so, so Steve, Joe, and I are all, are all jamming, and uh, we're like, let's, let's start a hardcore band, okay? Steve wasn't straight edge. So like we weren't, we weren't going to do the straight edge route, but we just wanted to play loud music. Mm -hmm. um, Joe was a really good drummer. Steve was a good bass player. I was just getting on the mic for the first time and uh, we could not find a guitar player. So we said, fuck it, calling up my little brother. Shout out to Andrew. Andrew's 12 years old at this time. <laughs> I'm 16 and Joe makes the move from drums to guitar and we started a band called Think Twice and Think Twice was around for a few years in the Ottawa scene. but. Hmm. At the time, there was two other big bands. They were called Constraints and Substance. So okay. Substance, Constraints, and Think Twice were kind of like your big three in Ottawa. Think Twice was your very first band, though. If you're 
not counting like the metalcore bands in the state that yeah, I kind of yeah. like play bass in. Think Twice is the first Ottawa band I played in. First band I sang in. Yeah. And uh, we played a show. We re recorded a demo um, on like MySpace or something. And then we played a show about a month later. And it was really cool because Ottawa was at a low at the time. And all the kids that had been around in Ottawa and had like been around for years or whatever. This band basically came out of thin air. Right. So my brother and I had just moved there the month before. Steve and Joe were going to shows, but like weren't super active. And now like you've got this mosh metal band that's like playing <laughs> fucking shows and there's videos of it. And like people are just beating the shit out of each other. First show, like we had got a great reaction. And I kind of just like started screaming Ottawa hardcore and it very quickly like, like I took that very seriously. And I was like, fuck it. Like we're representing right. the fuck out of the city because yeah. Ottawa just geographically is such a, an underdog city situated be, between Toronto and Montreal, the two biggest cities in Canada. Right. We're four hours from Toronto, an hour and a half from Montreal. Any major tour comes through, guess where it's going? Toronto, and it's going to Montreal. It's not coming to Ottawa. So yeah. we kind of had a we had to prove ourselves. And even just like everyday life, like a lot of the kids I was going to high school with, like, oh, the second I you know get out of school, like I'm. I'm going to Toronto. I'm going sure. to Vancouver. Like I'm getting out of Ottawa. Yeah. And I was like, fuck getting you. Getting out of my town. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. This place rules. Like I loved Ottawa and like, I loved all the friends I had there. And, uh, I was like, fuck you. We're going to like, we're going to make this awesome. And then even just like with a hockey team, like you go to a, like a Toronto, Ottawa or like an Ottawa Montreal game, half the crowd is rooting for the opposite city. So right. I was, I just found that super frustrating. Cause like I was super proud to like say I live there and like we very quickly coined like we put like Ottawa hardcore in every fucking shirt we had, like the outline of Ontario with the star over where the city is on the map. And like, we just repped the shit out of did it. Did you do a Senator's knockoff? We did not. We thought about it, but it's, it's kind of hard to knock <laughs> off that, that 3d sends logo. It was, right. pretty, it was pretty nasty. At Cause the, time. <laughs> the very first time that I don't think we talked at the fest, but the very first time I filmed the Calgary fest here when it was yeah. under, it had just come back from being three cities to Southern Alberta. Yeah. 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 Um, I was I was just like editing the videos. I'm like, who is this gorilla wearing oh, the fuck. senators? Yeah, and <laughs> that was my first introduction to you. And then like it more was... times when I came out for the fest and then saw you and then moved here and then actually like, oh, I'm Evan. I think uh, I think when it comes to moshing, you're kind of a product of your environment. So if you grow up in Western Canada, you're gonna mosh like you're from Western Canada. I sure. grew up going to shows in Massachusetts, uh, one of the best scenes in the world. Also one of the most violent fucking places to go to shows. Yeah. Everybody there moshed way harder than me and you kind of had to like, so when I moved to Ottawa, I brought that style there and like people were like, you know, people were already moshing hard in Ottawa. Like, you know, shout out Adam Baker, Mitch Plunkett and shit. And like those guys are all whooping but ass. But when you were moshing people, we're like, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I was like a kid still, but you know, I was still like 170 pounds, but I, I definitely, people were like, this guy's not from here. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, that style kind of stuck with me coming to Calgary and I, I people noticed it and I'm a super nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, we, we played shows for a while. Think twice. Um, that ended up, uh, I was in high school at the time. I ended up like, man, like high school is such a, an important time period if you're into hardcore to get other people in the hardcore sure absolutely man i think at the time i ended up grabbing like eight or nine people from my school that still go to shows to this day like mm. that like i would just see wearing a fucking skate tee yeah like at the time i was so passionate about hardcore it was all i thought about all i listened to everything i couldn't wait for the next show i couldn't wait for jam like i couldn't it was just everything in my life at the time too like i like there was this kid um, walking around the halls and I thought I saw him wearing like a straight edge shirt, right? 
And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, there's no way. Like, I lived in Western Ottawa in, like, a suburb called Canada. And uh, I was like, there's no way, like, there's a straight-edge kid here. Mm-hmm. And he had a call to, pres- call to preserve straight-edge shirt. And I was and I was super proud also to like be like from Massachusetts. I had that half heart Boston straight edge like crew neck, right? Right. And we were at this pizza place one day uh, after during lunch. There's like this pizza spot by the school, and he sees me and he just goes like, uh, "Nice shirt, man!" And I was just like, "You straight edge?" And he's just like, "Yeah." And I was like, "What's up? I'm Evan." He's like, "What's up? I'm Andrew. Andrew Narraway." So Andrew Narraway is like a staple in the Ottawa hardcore scene. He runs Walk a Mile Records. Um, oh, Andrew, Andrew. Andrew oh, Narraway, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's been Nair-Bar. out here. Yeah, Narrabear, that's yeah. right. Shout out Narrabear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my best friends. Like, yeah, easily solid dude. One of, one of the best guys. We met in high school, and uh, basically he was a grade ahead of me because he was fucking homeschooled like a nerd. And uh, <laughs> even though, like, I think I'm older than him, I'm not sure, but he was graduating a year early. But, he, uh, but yeah, he, he had the straightest shirt on, and I basically was like, we're friends now. It didn't fucking matter. For sure. And, uh, yeah, basically, Nair ended up, like, coming to shows all the time. He was at the First Thing Twice show, like, all these guys. And the the Ottawa scene was so small that everybody just kind of became friends, like, immediately. And sure. we all knew each other. And over the next few years, like, with Substance playing shows and Constraints and Think Twice, and then we would have bands from Montreal and bands from the States now coming up. And so, like, there was a few years there uh, between 2009 and 2014. Ottawa, like, went from, like, a real low period to a really high period. And, like, we still, like, didn't have the same turnout as, like, Toronto or Montreal, just based on the fact that... But you saw the growth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Huge. And, uh, you know, I can honestly say that I was proud to be involved with that. And uh, it was always a thing for us, too to really, like I said, really represent Ottawa. And uh, basically, whenever a band came to town that wasn't from the city, so like, if you were from Toronto, if you were from Montreal, or better better yet, if you were from America coming up, we had a bunch of bands from kind of like the Northeast sector that could make the trip, because like, Philadelphia is a seven hour drive from, from Ottawa, Boston's right. a six hour drive. Like, they're much closer than it is out here in Western Canada, where, mm-hmm. where these bands can actually make the trip, and it's not a big deal. Right. Um, those bands would come up. It didn't matter if we fucking liked the band or not, okay? I'll, I'm saying it on record. It didn't matter if we f- thought that they were the sickest band in the world. Everybody learned the lyrics. Everybody knew when the mosh parts came. And when they played in Ottawa, we would beat the shit out of each other. And it got real violent, real fun. And these bands would leave being like, yo, the Ottawa date was way better than Toronto, and it was better than Montreal. Hmm. And we would leave being like, that's a fucking victory for our city. Yeah. And then sure enough, they'd go back to the States, tell, tell their friends. friends tell their and now we had, there was a few years where, where bands were coming to Ottawa all the time. And that's so, cr- like, it's so, like, it sounds cheesy to be like. Man, like, so important. Yeah. Kids, if you're listening. That's if so you're tactical. Young, if you're in high school still here in Calgary or, like, wherever, doesn't matter. Get people into hardcore. Changed, it changed my life. Like, and I, like, it's so corny to say that, but it really did. And it's so important to, if you don't care that like the band coming to town is like the best band in the world. It's not the, it's not the most hype band. It doesn't matter if that band comes up here and has a great reaction, they're gonna go back to wherever the fuck they're from and be like, yo, Calgary, Ottawa was like the best, best show. Yeah. You gotta go there. And then for the next few years, I think, uh, 2013, 2014, well, it had been going on for a while, but Hardfest was, like, a big thing in that area. It had been, like, kind of a local, like, one-day event for a few years, and I think it kind of popped off around, like, fuck, I'm going to misquote this. Like, shout-out Phil Waugh. He put on fucking Hardfest, Lance Crowder, like, all the guys, but, like, um, 
I think we were on like six, five, six, seven, somewhere around that point where it really like became like a big event where we had bands coming up from America. And for two, three years there, it was like really good. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. We had, we had tons of bands like from the States and um, basically all the biggest bands from Ontario, Quebec, and like the few American bands we could scrounge up from the Northeast would come up and play. And uh, Hardfest was actually the first place that, um, no warning, did their first like Canadian show back after playing in Europe or something for wow. a bunch of money. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, like to go back to what you said, just like being tactical of like showing bands a good time when they come through and like, cause I, cause I, it doesn't fucking matter if you like them or not. Yeah. Well, it's, I remember it's so wild fun. rose 2019. Yeah. I was talking with the merch guy from CU space cowboy Okay, and he was like, yeah, like I think they had played like Winnipeg and Regina and they're like, yeah, like those shows weren't. Like not to knock on those cities, but they're like, yeah, smaller like smaller cities, smaller yeah. cities. Like no one really got it, you know. And so they're like, yeah, like the the agreement on this tour is like, if no one moshes, the merch guy has to mosh like as hard as possible. The entire that's set. just fucking code. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as soon as they started playing, like lots of people like you and and you know Cody and lots of the other Straight people up. that get that. They're like, we need to show this band a good time so they go and back like, home. And not to knock on some of those American bands that even played here, like Wild Rose. Like, I sometimes like I can't even remember some of the names. Like, I, there's bands that I've danced to that I've never even heard of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, okay, what was that band that came up not last year? Was it the band that came up from California or Arizona? Reclaim. Reclaim. Never yeah. heard of them. Great band. Mm-hmm. Had a had a blast. Yeah. That fucking band drove like twenty two fucking hours to play in Calgary, Alberta. For 15 minutes. For 15 fucking minutes as like an opening band. Dude, you gotta respect that. Like you got, it doesn't, I didn't know who the fuck they were, but I heard that story like 10 minutes before they were going on. And I was like, I don't I don't give a shit if this is like my favorite band in the world. I'm gonna fucking mosh, I'm gonna have a good time, I'm gonna dance. If they do a cover, I'm, I hope I know the fucking lyrics. I don't <laughs> listen to a lot of older bands, but like. Um, but it is that thing where like. You gotta respect it, dude. Yeah, but hardcore is also like very, like not easy to anticipate but things are structured in a way where it's like it's natural for this next thing to happen and then it's like yeah, oh like, like this is probably going to go into a two-step and then it does and you're like fuck oh. it and then you can get on the floor yeah. have a good time <laughs> smack a friend yeah i don't know man like even that band like was blown away by their reaction i remember talking to them i was like how, how was that because it was something that i used to do when i was younger living in ottawa a band would come up and play our city and i would go yeah. hey like Hope that was all right. And they're like, what are you talking about? That blew Toronto out of the water. Like, that was like a really good show. Best Canadian show we've had. And we're just like, yes, would you come back? Sure enough, they come back and play Hardfest next year. Like, yeah. and then have a way better reaction because they've already kind of established th- themselves in that city. Mm-hmm. And some of the bands coming back this year to play Wild Rose, I'm sure they're going to have a way better reaction than they even had in last year. Like, bands have to tour, establish themselves. They come back to the city, the reaction is usually twice, yeah. twice as good uh, next time. A hundred percent. So... Let's let's continue the progress. So you mentioned at the beginning of the pod on you wanted you eventually moved from Ottawa to to Edmonton. Yeah. So just north of Calgary here. Yeah. And you were working on the oil fields at the time. <laughs> yeah. I think I think when you told the the mini story uh with inclination, which I still want to get to, but um you had said you wanted to be your own man. Was it more just like coming from that like poor aspect of Canada yeah. and like yeah. oh I could actually make some money 
For sure. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not painting a picture. Like I grew up in poverty. My mom, my mom did really well, but like, you know, single mom family pay, paying the mortgage, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. I was the oldest, like, you know, my first year out of high school, I took a, I took a gap year. I was working full time at a Tim Hortons. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was paying my mom rent to live at home because like at the time things weren't awesome. And, and in hindsight, like I look back at that and it, uh, there's like no qualms there or anything. Like I love my mom to death, but like yeah. it wasn't awesome. So, I, I realized I wanted to get into firefighting and go to school for that. And, you know, the money wasn't really there to, to send me off to Texas for four months. And basically, I, uh, I was like, well, how can I make the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time? And I had had a bunch of cousins from, from Cape Breton and from Nova Scotia that had gone out to Alberta and had been on the oil rigs for a while. And, yeah, I came out, I came out and did that. I did that for a few months. Uh, hard job. Paid well. I ended up going to Texas for four months, met a bunch of people in Texas. And... Yeah, then then I then I came back to Ottawa for two more years. Um, a lot of people kind of forget that I actually went back to Ottawa for another two years. Mm-hmm. Um, played in some more bands. I uh, played in a band called uh, uh, Warner. Uh, we were a straight edge, like kind of thrashy band. Okay, cool. So, so take like a power trip influence and make it straight edge. <laughs> so like that was actually, we'll backtrack a little bit. Warner was like probably one of my favorite bands I played in because uh, at the time we had played in this other band called Raw Style. And Raw Style was like a... Uh, Another straight edge band, but we kind of played that like youth raw group vibe. Style. Yeah, like R A W space raw style. fucking style. Yeah, that's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> we we played like the most generic like youth cruise ship, but like people loved it, and yeah, we had we had good reactions. But also like Ottawa kind of vibe more with the heavy heavier side of hardcore. So like we didn't have like the craziest shows, but we had fun. Um, Mitch Plunkett, Andrew Kramer, um, but then like we our buddy Nair Bear, Andrew Narraway, Walk a Mile. Um, was basically not in any bands but super involved was at every show supported all the boys was at our practices and was at a and was at a raw style practice one day and uh basically we were like fuck it you want to start a band where narrow singing we just wanted to get him on a microphone right because he's a smart guy and like and he's just super into hardcore and we we're like let's just start another fucking band that's how it was in ottawa too we said <laughs> We started this band one time uh, called Bomb Squad, and Bomb Squad was a joke band. And at the time, Minority Unit was super big, so like sure. we we just like wrote a fucking demo in an afternoon, recorded it. This is actually legendary shit. You can you can YouTube this. Uh, Dave Birch used to film all the shows, similar to how you do uh, in Ottawa back in the day. And uh, Bomb Squad met the noon of like a sat a Friday night, whatever. We met like three in the afternoon, wrote a demo, recorded it that night. Horrible demo. We played a show the next fucking day, had the best reaction of the show. We all came on stage, ripped our shirts off, and played this like jokey oh, I fucking can't shit. Wait to watch that. It was the whole <laughs> set's like five minutes. It's a fucking shit show. But uh, Warner ended up starting because we just wanted Andrew Nairway on a mic, so Ross Style's members actually just kind of shifted. Mitch was singing, and Ross Style became the drummer of Warner. Joey was drumming, and Ross Style became the guitar player of, <laughs> of Warner. Uh, I played bass, and. Uh, Kramer got kicked and Narraway was on the mic. And then, yeah, we played this. I was in Warner of Ross style. Think Twice ended up becoming Badlands, which is a band I sang in two for a couple more years. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And it was the same members, everything just shifted around. And uh, we just didn't give a shit. Like, there was like 10 guys playing in like four different bands. <laughs> and it was like all of our friends. And we just like, we Having didn't give a, a fuck. And uh, every band sounded wildly different too. It wasn't like, 
Uh, the boys are just shifting the members around a little. This band, or like, like they were all riff, so you're like, oh, I don't know if it should be this band or this. Nah, band. like it was like you know, like Warner was kind of like the strashy thing. Rostyle was like the youth crew band. Badlands was like this heavy moshy band that I sang in, and uh, we were all over the fucking place. <laughs> it was a good time, but yeah. Um, so you came back to Ottawa for for two, for two years. years, kind of rocked out with those bands, and uh, and then basically. Shit got a little weird. <laughs> uh, basically, I was in a in a long term relationship of a year and a half. Um, I had just come back from firefighting school and was like uber confident in myself. Tried out for Ottawa Fire, uh, got cut. My relationship ended. I found out I wasn't getting my job back. That I had been on EI that winter, and I wasn't getting my job back in the spring. And like some of my best friends at the time were were kind of like weird towards the relationship I was in, mm. and like. It just was like a weird time and I was like, fuck it. Like, I know that every major city in Canada hires roughly every two years for fire. So I was like, damn, am I gonna like wait around for two more years? I just got out of this like long-term relationship. Fucking, you know, like everyone's kind of pissing me off right now. I love Calgary. Yeah. I loved everyone I met out here. Evan Shaw, the list goes down. Braden, Cody, Derek, Jay, Jess. God, I'm missing so many people. Like everybody I met out here in 2013, was kind of messaging me being like, oh, like stoked to see you this, like this summer, like this is hardcore something. Cause like we used to travel to shows all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was like, damn, like I missed the mountains. Like I missed Calgary. Yeah. I just loved it here. Why not go try out for their city, move to Calgary and like try to, you know, maybe establish myself in Western Canada long-term. And uh, I did. So I, uh, I applied to some jobs out here just construction jobs. I just wanted something to get yeah. started out here. And uh, basically, it was May long weekend. I got a phone call Thursday afternoon with the time change, the two hour difference. It was like f- almost 5 p.m. in Ottawa. And they were like, hey, can you start work? Um, like, can you be in for an interview like tomorrow? And I was like, uh, no, I can't. I live in Ottawa. And the guy recognized, like, at the time, I kind of was like talking funny or whatever. And he's like, are you from, are you from the East Coast? And I was just like, yeah, he's like, me too. And I was like, and this is like the manager of the company. Anyway, he was just like, be here Tuesday for work. And I was like, oh God, it's Thursday afternoon. I live in Ottawa. And he wants me to work on Tuesday. So that night I packed up all my shit. Uh, Thursday morning, I did some shit I had to do, like close some accounts or whatever, and, and basically moved to Calgary that day. Wow. Like literally within 24 hours, I was in my car driving out here by myself with my dog, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably like said that like, well, either this kid is gonna do that or he won't. Uh, and no, I'm, I'm like, just click. I've always been one of those people that like, if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a joke, I, yeah. I don't fuck around. So like I basically got out here, I started working right away and uh surprised everybody else friends without here too because yeah. i made this like instagram post being like it's been real ottawa i think i lived in ottawa for shit seven years mm. and i was like you know like love everybody out here and a lot of the calgary kids kind of had a feeling that i was coming this way like, yeah where are you going and for whatever reason i was just like oh, i'm moving to nashville <laughs> i just told them i was moving to tennessee for some reason some you of them fucking them believed the it yeah. yeah some of them fucking believed it. i made no like instagram post or anything yeah, coming yeah. across canada showed up in calgary and i surprised the fuck out of everybody and i was like yeah. i live here now and everyone was like holy <laughs> fuck so that's crazy and and you are a calgary advocate through and through yeah so it just kind of transitioned from Ottawa to Calgary and like I still 
people ask like to this day like i represent ottawa to this day like i listen to every band that comes out of there there's so many young kids coming out of ottawa and i'm still so close with everybody out there and a lot of them have come out here to wild rose or like you know like we had the sedition boys out here last year um like narrowway's been out here a few times alex steve alex just moved your brother moved here polish lex my brother so like there's been a a huge influx of like ottawa kids now coming this way and i Mm -hmm. and i don't want to you know like you know boast myself and be like oh well but yeah like there's there's now so many kids that come out here travel for the fest and there's just now this ottawa calgary connection which is so cool because it's such a a huge gap we have this like western canada thing going on but now there's like a a city way the fuck over here now has this like connection with us too and yeah that's very cool i'm really proud of that so yeah so to to just be sensitive of our time and you know wanting to make sure that we hit this point um yeah so we're gonna fast forward a little bit um and get to the inclination uh evan shaw memorial set Mm -hmm. so um that like to to, (laughs) yeah yeah so to give you a little insight from our end that's it's for sure in like the top five sets like view wise that we've ever done that's so fucked up and (laughs) and i think it's interesting because it is the one of the most unique sets because out of all the inclination sets <laughs> on the internet because you know there's yeah. tons of videos of them playing like ldb fest where For people sure. are going crazy and then but, there's like this one where like i'm, I'm getting comments <laughs> regarding you like is is this a new singer in oh, the band <laughs> i got yeah so that was that was pretty fun <laughs> yeah so um at least from my like if anyone hasn't watched that so essentially inclination uh was gonna fly up as that was a band that Evan wanted to play That's for right. his memorial show yeah. that he was planning while he was still alive. And um, at the time, uh, their singer had like busted his knee or, uh, yeah, I or think foot it was, I think or something. it was an ACL injury, skateboarding. Yeah. So it was like, well, we'd love to do it, but we don't have a vocalist. And Calgary, like this is, isn't the first time Not that I've seen Calgary time. just <laughs> absolutely step up and just fill the the gaps as far as band members or vocals are concerned so i'm curious on uh how you were approached and you know it was not just you filling the gap like yep anthony anthony and cody cody helped out um i sang about half the set uh i know cody had a song or two and i think anthony kind of sang the other half of the set but um you know it's not the you know like you said it's not the first time it's happened in calgary um expire played shows out here a while ago and uh a lot of us out here are actually really good friends with them, with Caleb and, and Josh and some of those guys. And, you know, I'm pretty tight with Caleb. The, the, he was the bass player of Expire, bass player of Inclination now. And, uh, you know, we were playing video games a lot before, before he came up here. And basically when Expire came up, it was, it was a similar circumstance where it was super last minute. And uh, basically day of, we found out that the vocalist and the bass player weren't going to make it. So fuck there was like a group of like eight or nine of us that and that was expires like last canadian last, last canadian show we found out there was kids driving out from winnipeg like 12 hours to come to the show and they were like finding out like hours before the show that they were gonna have to cancel this and we were like nah you're not gonna cancel like we're gonna we don't have a lot of shows happen out here calgary is like one of the most isolated cities in north america mm-hmm. truly like if you really think about it the closest major american city to play hardcore shows in is either boise or Seattle and that's yeah. like roughly 14 12, 12, 12 hours 14 hour drive we're yeah. super out here by ourselves so yeah. these bands flying in we're having issues and basically we all got together and and, and I, you know, I played two songs on bass for expire and I sang two songs for expire and there was so many other people involved in that but it's not the first time so when Caleb talked to me he was like hey like 
inclination might not be able to play the show. And this was like days before. I think it was like right. pretty last minute. Flights are booked. Flights are booked. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. Not to mention it was a super sensitive show for a lot of people. Like it was like one of the first times we were all kind of getting together after the funeral for Evan. And, uh, you know, Evan was such an important person in Calgary. He's the sole reason I live here today. And uh, mm-hmm. um, Caleb was like, yo, like, would you want to learn some songs? And I was like, sure. And Anthony came up to me and he's like, yo, you might be doing this. And then Cody was involved too. And we were just like, yeah, fuck it. This is a lot like what happened with Expire a couple years ago. We're not yeah. going to like let this show go under, especially because it was so important <laughs> to all of us. This is not my first rodeo. Not my first rodeo. We'll fucking do this. Like, I yeah. don't, and, and that was like one of the most nerve wracking experiences of my life because not only was it a memorial show for my, you know, like one of my best friends, like a brother of mine, basically, um, Inclinations, like one of my favorite current bands, Straight Edge yeah. or Not. Like, I love that band. And so when I found that they were playing in Calgary, I was like super pumped. I was going to go nuts. And then when I found out I was playing in Inclination for the day, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. So you guys a- didn't do any <laughs> jamming or anything before? Nope. It was like just nope. hit the stage. I, had a, check, I check, think I have a video go. on my phone somewhere where we literally were in the kitchen. So none of us had got to meet up. They had had they had a jam. Oh, the kitchen of the venue. The kitchen of the venue. Yeah, yeah. Literally on a fucking like a, like a little boombox or whatever, and it's like me, <laughs> Anthony, and Cody all in there, and we don't have amps or anything. So the boys are just like press play on the iPod, and they're all just playing acoustically with the guitars, right. and then like you know drumming on the on the kitchen counter basically, <laughs> and 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 Anthony and I are trying to learn the lyrics and like sing along to it for the first time live, right? Right. We went through the set like a couple times. And then we went up and did it. Yeah. And if you wow. go if you go back and watch that tape, uh, here's an embarrassing feature of, of myself. Anytime you see me go to the to the to the kick drum, I'm literally at my phone double checking the lyrics to the next verse coming oh, back out. So if sneaky. People, people think I'm like going for a drink of water or something. I'm literally like Fuck hydration. Okay, yeah, cool. I need to no, make sure I got, the next I got the line lyrics. is okay. And I and I fucking did it. <laughs> and I actually didn't forget any lyrics. I was pretty pretty happy with yeah. it. But um I was impressed too because uh, so you must have gotten a little bit of an early access to the new material because that was before I did, yeah. uh, when Fear Turns to Confidence came out. And it was kind of funny too because those songs were um, not really being played yet. Right. And so that video actually is one of the, I, it, I don't think it is the first, but it might be one of the top first two or three videos out where those songs are being played. Yeah, and you know, to anybody very, that doesn't cool. know what the fuck's going on in Calgary, <laughs> and they just search inclination and they see all these new songs being played with like new vocalists, and they're like, "Yeah, what they're the like, hell what's is going on what's here? That dude from Jesus Peace and th- that Seration, and who's this other guy? Who's this <laughs> fucking crazy fucking guy running around?" Um, yeah, I got to prove myself that day because I've been trying to start bands in Calgary for a while, singing, and not a lot of people out here got to see me on a mic before. And yeah, that was I the got, first time I ever like. I think yeah. I had seen you a couple times, like grabbing the mic but mm-hmm. rocking it yeah a lot of people were, came up to me and they're like you gotta start a band dude and i was like <laughs> i'm trying man it's kind of tough everyone everyone's a little older here everyone um we're now seeing in calgary where we have like a huge age demographic which is awesome because yeah. for a minute there the average age at like a calgary show is like 28 early yeah. 30s and now we've got all these young guys coming in and all these teenagers and so shout out set straight shout out you know end game not so much the young guys but anymore <laughs> wolfgang used to be like the young guy here for yeah. the longest time well i feel like not, a fucking know? grandpa in that band right exactly so like set straight i think is like probably the best example of like the young yeah. kids. I don't even know uh, half the names, but like, yeah. I feel like an asshole for that. Shout out Set Straight. Calgary Set Straight. Um, Bitter is a newer band that's yeah. coming through. Um, yeah. 
I'm trying to think if there's any other. Sorry if I'm forgetting. No, like there's there's a Seth lot. Seth Stray of, was the one I was like, yo, like this man, is huge. When I was 16 playing in bands, we didn't sound anything like that. Like back to the first thing twice <laughs> demo. Seth Stray's blowing everybody out of the water right now. Where everybody's super impressed with the young the young kids coming up in Calgary now, and it's so good to see that. 100. percent Yeah. So yeah. hopefully everything goes well with. With Wild Rose, I think if they play, they'll get a really good reaction. Yeah. You know, knock on wood that this fucking coronavirus doesn't fuck everything up. Yeah. It's getting a little weird. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I don't want to no. go down that path. No, me neither. Um, but, um, yeah, we're kind of getting at that. Oh, wait, I, I did want to say with the inclination, um, have you talked to any of those guys about that set? Like, I'm, I'm curious if they're like, yeah, that was great, man. <laughs> Makes <laughs> peace. No, yeah. um, no. Like, I, keep, oh. I keep in contact with Caleb probably the most. Like we we play video games quite a bit. Shout out to Apex Legends, Xbox Live. <laughs> Hit me up. Ev- X Evan X Edge X. I made it when I was fifteen. X Evan X Edge, Edge X. X. Straight edge as fuck. Still twelve <laughs> years. No, um, dang. Super close with those guy. Uh, with with Caleb in particular, but. Uh, um, yeah, it, it was it was a really really cool experience playing with Inclination under the circumstances and uh, fuck man, if another band something similar happens, oh, you guys can ask me. I don't I don't mind going yeah. into those pressure situations and yeah. doing that stuff because it's not the first time and I'm sure it won't be the last living yeah. city. Yeah, but this, I but. think like some of the stories that you've shared kind of just showcase like you know going to shows like is like is one thing playing yeah. in bands is is another, but having the tactical like mindset to just make shit happen yeah for you know if a band's members can't get across the border like don't give up don't give yeah don't give up keep trying there could be someone else out there and it's actually super funny because but three weeks ago um i was at a jiu-jitsu competition this is like combat sport i compete in and i was out in black falls alberta which is like west of Red Deer, like we're way out there. Oh, okay. and I'm in the locker room after I competed. I just took a shower. I'm super like beat up, like red in the face. And this dude, yeah. this dude's like looking at me, right? And I was like, the fuck? Like I'm in the change room, like naked, right? And this guy keeps staring at me. And I just kind of like look at him to like acknowledge that I see him looking at me. Right. And he just goes, "Hey, man, super weird question. Um, do you play in a band called Inclination?" And I was just no like, fucking way. I was like, "Who the fuck are you, dude?" That's <laughs> hilarious so shout out brett from fucking edmonton the edmonton area he's he's like he's gonna come to wild rose he's this jujitsu guy also we both competed in black falls this super that small is town. so funny and he comes up to me being like oh you're you're the guy that's in an inclination right and i'm like dude i'm not an inclination i just like i just <laughs> Let's filled it, it straight. straight up yeah yeah this dude just approaches me like <laughs> we're naked in the locker room and i'm just like we're in some small town in alberta and he's like you're that guy in inclination he's like i was at wow. that show and i was like what the fuck that's crazy so that's a hardcore story. is a small world, man. It's 100. You're gonna meet people all over the world. I know. I can comfortably say I know people all across Canada, all across America, even in Europe now. Yeah, I fucking it's one I was, of my favorite things. I was in Ukraine two two years ago, and I hung out with a girl that I was just friends with off of Instagram, and we and we went for a walk around the city and she, in Kiev, Ukraine. So, mm-hmm. shout out to all the Russians out there, all the Ukrainian people. Like the yeah. hardcore is worldwide, man. Uh, same thing with Australia. Like yeah. I've I've traveled so much now, and I've met people almost everywhere I go that have similar interests and similar mindset just through listening to hardcore music and it doesn't matter where you are you could be in australia russia whatever you're gonna meet people and it's 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 been with me for 12 13 years now and it's i'm sure it'll always be with me and it's yeah like meeting someone that's unreal naked in a fucking locker room in black falls alberta like it's gonna happen so <laughs> it's gonna happen Fuck. um <laughs> that's sweet well 
that uh yeah we're kind of getting close to time yeah. so um uh just to wrap up i always like to ask any guest that comes on just like a favorite like mosh story and i'm sure that oh jesus you could either favorite pitch something mosh story. either and it can be like like something that happened to you or like you just heard it from someone it doesn't okay. need to be okay like, yeah i'll go into a couple injuries because i uh, i've been beat up a few times and <laughs> everyone doesn't you know they don't know that too but sure when i was living in ottawa one time i caught a ring in the eye and i, I split uh, this eyebrow here i got nine stitches in it and uh i called my mom up that afternoon that, that night a she's ring? like a ring yeah like, like a, not a, a like, ring on a finger buddy just bah and i just split like I, I remember i looked down and it was just like like a faucet like oh. i was bleeding so much and then a, a month month or two later we're at Hardfest, and uh my band warner at the time had done a weekend run with this band from massachusetts called swamps okay so, so swamps was kind of big at the time from that area uh they play, play this like super unorthodox like hardcore style kind of like trash talk influence or whatever mm-hmm. but they ended up doing a weekend tour, had a great reaction in Ottawa, came back to play Hardfest a few months later. Right. And they're out there, and we're with all the all my boys, like Mitch Plunkett, Joe Howell, Andrew Narraway, and I, all the Warner guys are up front, and we know this mosh part's coming up, and Andy from Swamps just goes, like, shout out, Ottawa hardcore, like, super hard, and, like, the four of us just, like, red, just, like, separate like two of them go that way andrew and i go this way i'm faster he's a bit bigger than me i hit i hit the crowd and i just like push all these people and i'm like mowing over and i turn around and narrowways fist just comes boof and like my nose to this day is super fucking crooked it bleeds all the time he fucking deviated my septum i bled for like 12 hours wow. if you watch this video of swamps playing at Harfest, it kind of happens off off camera but then i come back like immediately and i'm bleeding everywhere and i'm fucking bleeding on the stage and this girl's like head banging and you see her notice the blood and <laughs> you see her like do this fucking thing and she runs off and yeah hardest hit i've ever taken was from andrew Nairway, right in the fucking nose wow nose still fucked up to this day yeah jeez yeah cool that's that's probably a highlight another yeah. i guess one more i could say was uh world war four or world war yeah world war four this is hardcore Philadelphia. Uh, the Ottawa Calgary connection was strong at the time. I'm standing right next to Derek Burns. Literally, we're shoulder to shoulder. Super stoked for this band about to play. Feedback starts ke- coming in. And I make a joke going, I'll see you on the other side because he's going left. I'm going right. Fucking band goes, Yo, what's up? We're World War Four. Like, I take one step. You're the fucking guy. Just suckers me right in the fucking nose. <laughs> Boom. Explodes. I'm like down, blood everywhere. Fuck. <laughs> I remember looking back, seeing Derek being like, where the fuck did Evan go? I run to the bathroom. Like, literally, they're playing their intro. I shove a bunch of fucking tissues up my nose. I'm bleeding like crazy because this was a post-Andrew Narraway punch. Like, my nose now yeah. just is all fucked up. <laughs> now and, it's so fragile. Yeah, I love that intro. And that intro has, like, this, like, 40-second buildup. And then it goes into this really slow sp- sp- uh, spot, uh, time change thing or whatever. And in the video, on this is like, hey, five, six, shout out, hey, five, six, uh, World War Four. this is hardcore. I'm on the stage doing a stage dive before the fucking end of that set, before the end of that intro. And I'm like, you can see tissues up my nose. And that was like literally 40 seconds. I just got to bust like it up. Like someone again. escaped the hospital Dude, just, just to mosh for that. I intro. love violence. I love violence at hardcore shows. You know, it's something I've always been drawn to. And it's, it's probably how I, I am the way I am and the way I dance. And it's never personal. But this motherfucker looked me square in the fucking eye. I took one step and this dude just goes, 
boom, like square. Like it wasn't a mod. Like he just crossed me right in the fucking yeah. face. So that, that'll stay with me too. Yeah. Well, man, there's a <laughs> bunch of little clips that you mentioned that I'm personally going to go and check out. Oh, man. So, um, many, so many videos. I think yeah. it's, it's important to document this stuff because you can, you can be older and look back on videos when you were fucking 15, 16, yeah. 18 years old and being like, yeah, here's when my friend broke my nose and laugh about it and stuff. And <laughs> Yeah, I got to keep the cameras rolling. That's, I think it's I so important what you guys are doing too. So shout out Scoped and shout out all the guys and girls that work hard in, this, in Calgary and Western Canada. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Going strong out here. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, super, super proud to be a part of this community. And I felt awesome. like, you know, moving out here, it's like, I've always told people Calgary is like filled with like-minded people who are just passionate about making hardcore just a spot to travel to, like honestly a spot to move to. I've met loads of people who have moved here Why just not? for hardcore. You got the mountain. You got the yeah. You got the, are sick. One of the best cities in Canada, if not the best. Yeah. Great people. Great nature. Great city. Great food. There's, Calgary. I love Calgary, man. I'm an advocate. I was the same in Ottawa. Whenever people come here, I'm going to show them around. I'm going to show them why I moved here. Yeah. Five years now here in Calgary, and I absolutely love it. I love Western Canada. So, yeah, it's it's the best. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank show you, and, you know, <laughs> saying some good stories. and <laughs> A lot of stories. Yeah. A lot of places. No, but. Uh, a lot of injuries. You know. <laughs> uh, but I think, like, the context is really important that I've. A, learned a lot about you and you know how Thank you, you do certain things so yeah i hope uh you had a blast fuck yeah shout, shout, out, out. shout yeah. out calgary wild rose how can uh people keep up with you if uh, you're gonna start a band or just want to see yeah i've been working on it um yeah obviously i'm i'm on social media uh you can look me up evan x mcisaac m-a-c-i-s double a c um yeah, no, I've been trying to get a band. There's actually something in the works right now. I'm not even going to mention it, but it expect a, a fusion of some bands happening here pretty soon, and I'm, I might get on a mic here. So. Very cool. Well, thanks again for coming on. Check. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Cool. Bye, guys.